Hello and welcome on The Cross Cow, a podcast covering all subjects from witchcraft, spirituality, religion and more. In today's episode, we are going to talk about ceremonial magic and folk magic. More specifically, the difference between the two and how you can find a balance between the two for your own personal practice. Like always, we are going to start by a definition to have our basis covered. So this definition is from the website learnreligion.com that I highly recommend actually if you want to learn more about religion, spirituality, etc. etc. So the term folk magic encompasses a wide variety of diverse magical practices united only by the fact that they are magical practices of the common folk rather than the ceremonial magic that was worked by the learned elite. Folk magic is generally a practical nature meant to address the common ills of the community, like healing the sick, uh, bringing love or luck, driving away evil forces, finding lost items, bringing good harvest, granting fertility, reading omens, and so on and so forth. Rituals are generally relatively simple and often change over time as the workers are generally illiterate because they were farmers, etc. So they could not pass down from generation to generation some um, rituals, for example. Materials used are commonly available like plants, coins, nails, wood, eggshells, twine, stones, animal feathers, etc. Anything that was easily available. While ceremonial magic, however, is generally defined as magic in which the practitioner uses specific rituals and invocations to call upon the spirit world. Uh, ceremonial magic is actually also called high magic uh, and it uses at its base a blend of older occult teaching like Therema, Enochian magic, which is um, magic with uh, the angels, the Kabbalah, which is the tree of life, and other various occult philosophies are typically incorporated. So let's start by folk practices. So folk practices are very old and adaptable. They exist in almost every part of the world and designate any tradition that has been passed down from generation to generation within a community of people. They are often linked to the land and of course linked to the culture. This is why a lot of folk practices are actually considered as closed, like brujera, Native American practices, hoodoo or voodoo, just to name a few. Now, you may ask why some are closed, like the one listed above, uh, and some are open, like, for example, Celtic folk magic or North American folk magic. Well, this is due to the simple fact that those closed practices come from a group of people that has been colonized and or segregated. I personally practice Slavic folk magic, that is taught to me by my dead ancestors and uh, Slavic folk magic is a closed practice but I am part of the community this is why I have access to this knowledge. Now you might want to be careful to not confuse closed practices and closed pantheon but that's just a side note. 
So to go back to folk practices, so a folk practice, uh, like the name indicates, is based on the folklore and the law of the community. How were the herbs used, what are the stories behind the trees, the bones, the mirrors, etc. and so on and so forth. It is very based on the uses of your daily routine as a magical tool, how to incorporate magic into your basic practice. This is not something like new, like ceremonial magic who got its highest points in the late 16th century. Those are traditions dating back from the operation and creation of communities in different parts of the world. So very, very ancient. The defining uh, difference is that folk practices are not religiously based. Folk practices don't necessarily follow any god or goddess, uh, but they can, in fact, follow any religion, such as Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, uh, paganism also, and so on and so forth. But you don't need um, a particular uh, set of belief or faith to be a folk practitioner. Folk magic approaches are older than current religious ideas that we have now. They were preserved in some way, though uh, Christianized in surviving literature. Honoring spirits and building relationship with them is the concern of folk magic and folk practitioners like myself. We honor other world folk uh, from our local area and once the relationship is developed or suitable pact engineered, this spirit then choose to help in the ever so practical work of folk magic. This relational work uh, working also extends to the local land and plants that inhabit it. Like an example of folk practice would be you seek the aid of a plant spirit by showing it respect, singing them a particular song, uh, giving them specific offerings, etc. and so on and so forth. And it is hoped by asking to them to help for, I don't know, the perfect help herbal medicine or to make a charm stronger, for example. So now let's jump on ceremonial magic. Now, so for ceremonial magic, it is in the late 16th century, which a translation of Enrich uh, Cornelius Agrippa uh, have evoked the term ceremonial magic. Uh, ceremonial magic would uh, apparently contain two parts, Goetia and Theurgy. Goetia being the practice of invocation of angels and demons, and theurgy being the art or technique to compel or persuade a god or beneficent or supernatural power to do or refrain from doing something. Although this was the first documented use of the term uh, ceremonial magic, the practices involved had been around for at least a century or two, as the ritual have been noted in the grimoire of early Renaissance and medieval era magical practitioners. During the Victorian era, spiritualist and occult group flourished, like the well-known Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This secret society, like a lot of others, but this one acted like kind of a model, 
embraced ceremonial magical practices, although it eventually imploded when members couldn't seem to agree on the actual religious beliefs of the group. Like their predecessors, uh, many Golden Dawn members were Christians actually, but there was an influx of pagan belief uh, brought in that eventually led to the fragmenting of the order. If you don't understand the pagan belief, I have a podcast episode about it, go check it out after this one. It was not as generally supposed a reverse Christianity or Judaism though it departed radically from Orthodox Christianity, nor did it partake of the profanation of religious ritual. It was, in effect, an attempt to derive power from God for the successful control of what was considered evil spirit. Even in the grimoire and keys of what was considered black magic, the operator was constantly reminded that he or she must meditate continually on the undertaking and hand and center every hope in the infinite godness of the great Adonai. Adonai is an epithet of the Christian god, if you're lost. <laughs> the god invoked in black magic was not Satan, but Je- Jehovah of the Jewish people and the Trinity of the Christian people. So we can conclude that ceremonial magic is heavily influenced by religion where folk magic can stay a practice without the intervention of the divine. Now, for my personal experience, I don't practice a lot of ceremonial magic, maybe around ritual here and there, but I am, however, a demonolatress or a demonolator. I am non-binary, so you can choose the word. So, uh, being a demonetress involves some ceremonial magic as an act of devotion to the demon, so I am not unfamiliar with this type of magic. And from my experience, I am way more comfortable in folk magic than in ceremonial magic, but that's just my opinion. I'm going to explain why, though. Ceremonial magic asks that you follow a very clear set of rules during the ritual, and spell which does not allow a lot of space for creativity, craftiness, and all of those things that we encourage you to do when you are a beginner practitioner, actually. Where folk magic actually encourages you to do so. Also, ceremonial magic is, like I said, very influenced by religious belief, whether they may be, I don't know, trying to discourage you from trying the ceremonial magic, not at all. I am just warning you um, of the rigorosity that you need to properly practice this type of magic. Now, a way that you could mix the two of them to begin with would be, for example, take a land spirit, like a spirit surrounding you, and dedicate them a ritual, or build a ceremonial ritual around them to give you an idea of what it is to work with a local spirit, but also what it is to conduct a strict ritual. So that is all for today. This was an episode about ceremonial magic and folk magic. If you have any question or any reaction uh, to the episode, don't hesitate to give your intake on it. You can come and find me on Instagram to give your uh, advices. 
and participate to the podcast you can also find me on tiktok so both of my accounts are ravens and crows Uh, i'm waiting you there uh, and i hope you have a very nice day evening uh, whatever time it may be so i will see you next week on the cross call this was a raven thank you for listening